0: Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to a very special edition of the Fantasy Warfare Tournament. We are doing greatest main events. I took this list from, a I believe it was What Culture Wrestling uh, article with about 20 of the greatest main events. I took 16 of them, randomly uh, sorted them out, of not using their uh, countdown, just not to influence everything. So we're not doing a... Uh, one versus 16 type uh, thing and these are going to be shuffled around what makes this special is the fact that we are on wrestlemania uh first night 12 noon We're going to be watching it at five o'clock in the uk but we are combining with ontario indie uh, podcast network and the Johnners podcast network to have three voices of podcasters here today i'm obviously uh, sean from london and scumbags wrestling but we also are joined by Kieran Reed in the UK, Mil- uh, Milton, UK, you were saying?
1: Yeah, Milton Keynes, just outside London in the UK, yeah.
0: Yeah, how are you today?
1: I'm good. Obviously, I'm a little bit tired with the clocks going back over here. But I've been looking forward to this for what, four weeks. We've been talking about it now. As yeah. you know, I've done all my research. I'm good. looking forward to getting stuck in. Yeah, you showed me a video of all your uh,
0: notes that you have. So uh, you definitely have done your homework, and uh, hopefully uh, fatigue doesn't get to you. And from Welland, part of the Ontario Indie Podcast Network, it is Matthew Terry. How are you? I'm doing wonderful.
2: Thank you very much for having me, Sean. Very nice to meet you, Kieran. Um, did you just say that you just switched your clocks over?
1: Yeah, so we've just had our clocks moved an hour forward to British Summertime.
2: Oh, see, I could do a whole podcast on just that. Like, I don't I don't need to do any of this wrestling stuff. I just like I like, you know, different cultures. Anyway, thank you very much for having me. And uh, I am I, too, am very excited to get this going.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a really good one. Uh, There's some matches that really stand out as spectacular. Uh, Kieran and I were talking off air about some of the entrances even that uh, stand out, maybe even above the match itself. But uh, yeah, we have 16 uh, great men events to look at. There's been tons, obviously, with WrestleMania 37 happening uh, this week, but, uh, or or even today, since we are uh, putting it out on April 10th, we are obviously recording it earlier. So we're not busy getting all confused with all the different uh, wrestling things that are happening during WrestleMania week, because you're gonna have to be on alcohol just to keep up with everything, nine days straight uh but we normally start off with a video to highlight what we're going to do so i'm going to show that one i'll bring up the brackets and break it down and go into our first one so we'll be back in just a moment For some reason, that video was a lot longer this week than normal. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so a lot of defining moments uh, you'll see in this uh, bracket because there's a lot of major title changes or title defenses that uh, happen. So uh, we have in the first uh, matchup, Hogan and Andre from WrestleMania 3 taking on Undertaker and Edge from WrestleMania 24. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 12, the Iron Man match taking on the Mega Powers exploding with Hogan and Savage. Austin and Rock, their first encounter of three at WrestleMania 15. Cena versus Michaels at WrestleMania 23. How this happened is beyond me, but when shuffling around, both triple threat matches ended up uh, in here. One from WrestleMania 30 with Dana Bryan, Orton, and Batista, and the other one from WrestleMania 20 with uh, Triple H, HBK, and Benoit. Then we had uh, Roman Reigns against uh, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31. Steve Austin against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, 14. Austin Rock, 2, from WrestleMania, 17. Lesnar and Angle. Rock versus Cena at uh, 28, taking on Cena and Triple H at 22. And our final matchup is Savage and DiBiase, the culmination of the tournament, taking on the ultimate challenge of Hogan and Warrior. So, guys, your thoughts on these before we dive in.
2: You go ahead, (laughs) Carrick. I I heard Um, us both take a breath in.
1: uh, For me, obviously, like I said to you when we were talking about this and getting it all set up, for me, it was really nice to then go back and watch some of the biggest moments in wrestling history. So for me, it's literally just a case of going down memory lane. and like I've done a lot of research previously to this podcast as well as actually being on the podcast. So to be watching these matches again for me, it's just amazing and if anyone watched my um, get to know your host podcast I dropped last weekend one of my first memories is actually the first match we're talking about today uh,
2: awesome. as, as far as I go um, I, I, I don't know exactly when the transition happens but I, I, I see matches and I remember how I felt as a wrestling fan as a seven-year-old eight-year-old nine nine-year-old whatever that you know wink wink nudge nudge I didn't quite know yet and the feelings that they gave me and then looking at kind of like the later ones and then wink wink nudge nudge knowing what's going on and uh and just kind of like how i felt about that you know personally and uh you know professionally
0: yeah i'm looking forward to going down this memory lane Uh, such great matches i too was watching uh them just to get my notes and uh put them up here with jogging some memories uh but we're going to start off with our first uh tournament matchup and it's Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant taking on Edge and Undertaker. So Hogan and Andre happened at WrestleMania 3. The big lead-up to this was when Andre picked up uh, Heenan as his manager, approached Hogan on Piper's Pit. Hogan didn't believe it. He got the shirt ripped off. Accidentally, the cross got ripped off too and cut him. And it was from there going forward to Andre just wanting that title. Uh never been defeated in WDE and stuff like that. We get to Pontiac Silverdome in Michigan, 93,173 fans in attendance. And the main event, you see Hogan on one side, Andre on the other, staring each other down. And then Hogan starts hulking up, goes for the body slam, gets squashed, and barely gets out of there in time. And they keep on going. Andre takes advantage. Uh, the ending sees Hogan actually hitting Andre, Hard enough to knock him down. Heenan's trying to get him up. Hogan starts hulking up and ends up body slamming Andre. Goes for a leg and gets the victory. Hogan retains after three years of uh, being champion still. goes. Uh, Hogan must pose. Andre and uh, Heenan end up going carting away. And just in, uh, Andre broken because of that body slam and loss but hogan retains your other matchup is undertaker against edge undertaker got in this by winning the elimination chamber because he didn't win the royal rumble and so he had another chance he beat batista last in it to go against edge these two guys went back and forth a lot of uh fast moving uh pace. this almost i feel puts a start to what we were going to see the next couple years with Undertaker and Sean and Undertaker and uh, Triple H, because Edge, I feel, is the guy in between uh, those two guys, Sean and uh, Triple H, for size and abilities. And this brought out a side of Undertaker we didn't see when he went against Bundy and uh, Mark Henry and all those other limbering guys undertaker finally started working a match in a small man big man style which was really good and of course he uh, they wanted jimmy Corderas as the referee he got knocked out you see uh, charles robinson running full speed to get uh, in there for the count doesn't get it he gets taken out but after a couple spears taker blocks one and gets uh edging to the health gate and he ends up tapping out, and uh, Taker goes 16 and 0, and is a new champion. Tough call between these uh, two, but I just think Hogan and Andre have such history. If you're going to look at them uh, history-wise, WrestleMania three was like the biggest event before. Uh, they went to Dallas and hundred and some odd thousand that they claimed to have. Ongoing Hogan and Andre.
1: Kieran. Uh, for me as well, it would be Hogan, Andre. I mean, if you look down all the path of wrestling history, Hogan body slamming Andre and ending his undefeated streak in WWE is literally one of the most talked about things in any conversation you have about WrestleMania, really. So for me, it would be... Hogan Andre as
0: well, and is it a clean sweep
2: Matt? It is a clean sweep, um, and as I talked about at the top of the show, the differences between the two lead ups, like up here for me, is I remember nine year old Matt just like why Andre, why, why did you, why did you have to do that to Hogan? Like he would have given you a title match if you just would have asked. And like oh, I remember that, and I genuinely felt that. As far as Edge and Taker. Um, you know, you had the streak versus at the time. I remember that trajectory that Edge was going up, and you like, you know, legitimately this could be the guy that breaks the streak and solidifies it even more. So there was a lot of anticipation for that match,
0: but just for pure emotion,
2: uh, I got to go with Hogan and Andre.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that one. Uh, so Hogan, Andre, and clean sweep move on, and we're going to go to our second matchup. And Kieran, you want to give us that one it is hbk hart
1: from 12 taking oh, on Hogan Savage from five <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously i've got hbk versus bret hart which is at wrestlemania 12. obviously it's the first time i think in a wrestlemania event that there's been a 60 minute iron man match now for me the fact that these two both went 60 minutes and not even a pinfall submission, nothing, 60 minute. They Just did a technical masterclass that they gave as well. There was a lot of submissions, so there was a lot of stall work. I think the way they planned the match was really smart. And then for Gorilla Monsoon to come down at the end and add the extra time on, I think was amazing as well. Um, it made you really be like, oh, Brett's going to retain via time limit. But then Monsoon's like, no, we'll go for sudden death, one fall. We'll do it that way. And then Sean gets the win with a double super kick on Bret Hart. So that's that one. Uh Hogan versus Savage. Now this one was quite a build-up because it was when Hogan held the title for a year, I believe, from winning it a year before. Was it Savage? No, Savage held it for a year, sorry. (laughs) Savage held it for a whole year before this match, and obviously it all started when. Savage accused Hogan of trying to get with Miss Elizabeth and using Miss Elizabeth to manipulate Savage. So it was quite a long build-up for this one to get to where it was. Um, all in all, I believe the match itself was worked really well as well. There was a lot of hatred towards Savage from the crowd. Hogan got a lot of cheers. So for me, it was a case of... So for me it was one of those matches where you could see the emotion and everything in the match itself. So you could see that Hogan hated on, uh, hated Savage and Savage hated Hogan. Um, in the end Hogan gets the win with the leg drop as per usual. Um, for me, the winner of this one, for me, just for the sheer fact that it was never done before. And the two had such a heated rivalry even after this. It would have to go to HBK and Hart for me.
0: Yeah. So Matthew, your pick.
1: All
2: right. Well, my my pick. I'm gonna go with the gonna go with the Iron Man match. Uh, but I'm gonna talk about Hogan and Savage because uh, now I'm talking. let me see. I'm about 11 years old at this point. I uh, as I've mentioned on past shows, I saw this on closed circuit TV you know, thank God for divorced parents and fathers who want to make it up to their sons. That's how I ended up at uh, WrestleMania 5 watching on closed circuit television. But I remember I remember like w- the the handshake, you know, the Hogan and Savage and like, oh my God, like they're they're friends. Yeah, exactly. But I remember not long after just kind of even at 11 years old, just like I'd rather they were wrestling each other. Like I never really got into the mega power thing. So I, I've I was happy that they, that the mega powers exploded. Um, I was happy, I guess, to see Hogan. I was starting to get out of the Hogan thing. Um, But then you look at HBK and Hart. And as you said, first time it's an Iron Man match. The novelty of it leading up to it, like even though they explained all the rules, I'm like, I've never seen this before. I want to see how this goes. And also, you know, HBK and Hart, they were uh, they were well on the path of the smaller wrestlers. You didn't have the the Hogan's and the Warriors and the big hulking guys, and these guys could do something. But what I remember most about HBK and Hart is right around the 45, 50-minute mark, and they kind of announced it or they said it something or on commentary, and I'm like, we're that far into it? Couldn't tell. It didn't lose my interest from the opening bell to the end and then into overtime. So I got to go with HBK and Hart.
0: Yeah, uh, this one kind of hurts in a way for me. I was going uh, Hogan Savage. I, these four would be amazing as a Mount Rushmore, really. A lot of these combinations would be great for Mount Rushmore. Uh, HBK and Hart, really great uh, workers together. Uh, I thought it kind of dragged at times. Myself, I'm a lifelong Savage fan. That's what got me wrestling into wrestling. Hogan on uh, the A-team, I didn't love, like him uh, showing up on that. But when I saw Savage break Steamboat's neck, boom. And then I saw the mega powers come together. I finally was like, okay, I can accept Hogan for a bit. But the storytelling that they did was showing Hogan uh, lifting uh, Elizabeth up, the hugs and stuff like that. Savage had a good case for himself of Hogan's lusting out of my woman. You know, lusting your eyes, Hogan. But, you know.
2: Yeah, but who didn't have lust in their eyes for Elizabeth? Come on, honestly. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> if you look back, if you look back at some of the females they had around at that time, then look at Elizabeth. She's head and shoulders above all of them. Like, yes, nothing nice against those women, but with-
0: <laughs> that's why she was the first lady of wrestling. But just the, the fact that they had a storyline built from. The time Hockey uh, threw uh, Elizabeth down and she brought Hogan all the way to WrestleMania 5 and then the subsequent rematches afterwards is amazing. Like, that's about a year and a half in the making just to get to WrestleMania 5. But HBK and Hurt, uh, the Man match moves on, and we go to matchup number three. And Matthew. Awesome. All right.
2: All right. So. Introducing first, competing out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It is The Rock defending the WWF Championship against Steve Austin at WrestleMania 15. As you said uh, earlier, this is chapter one of their WrestleMania trilogy. Leading up to this, at the 1999 Royal Rumble, The Rock defeated Mankind in the I Quit match for the WWF Championship. Steve Austin entered the Royal Rumble at number one, Mr. McMahon at number two. With a little help from The Rock, McMahon wins the Royal Rumble and theoretically the championship match at WrestleMania. The next night on Raw, McMahon forfeits his title match, which allows Commissioner Shawn Michaels to award the championship match to the Rumble runner-up, Steve Austin. Austin then offers to put the opportunity on the line if McMahon faces him in the steel cage at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. In the interim, uh, at half- halftime heat during that year's Super Bowl, Mankind wins the championship from The Rock in an empty arena match. At St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Rock and Mankind go to a draw. When neither man can answer the 10 count in a last-man-standing match, Mankind retains. Uh, later that night, despite assistance from uh, Paul White, not yet the big show, Austin defeats McMahon and keeps his title match at WrestleMania versus Mankind. But, of course, we know that doesn't wasn't the case. Uh The Rock defeats Mankind on Raw from uh, Birmingham, Alabama in a ladder match for the WWF Championship. Uh, You might also remember earlier in the night at WrestleMania 15, Mankind defeated Big Show to be named the special guest referee for The Rock versus Austin later in the night. However, Big Show annihilated Mankind, uh, making him kind of doubtful to fulfill those duties. In the main event, despite Vince and Shane McMahon uh, trying to tilt the odds in Rock's favor, Mankind did arrive to referee, and Austin defeated Rock to become WWF champion. And their opponent, uh, competing out of Detroit, Michigan, it is John Cena versus um, Shawn Michaels, sorry, at uh, WrestleMania 23, John Cena defending. The lead-up to that match, Undertaker... Uh, Last-limiting Shawn Michaels won the Royal Rumble and chose Batista and the SmackDown World Championship as his opponent, WrestleMania 23. John Cena at Royal Rumble defeated uh, Umaga in a last-man-standing match. Uh, because Undertaker chose SmackDown, Raw held a triple-threat match uh, between Edge, HPK, and Randy Orton. Um, and at that point, Edge and Orton, uh, as rated RKO, were the tag team champions. Shawn Michaels won the triple threat and the shot at John Cena. Uh, Rated RKO attacked Shawn Michaels. Luckily, John Cena came to his rescue, setting up a tag team match between the two duos. HBK and Cena not only defeated Rated RKO, they won the WWF Tag Team Championships. Over the weeks, HBK, with his shady history in tow, swore that Cena had nothing to fear until WrestleMania. At uh, at No Way Out, Cena and HBK defeated the SmackDown WrestleMania main event counterparts, Batista and Undertaker, but then they had a rematch against Batista and Undertaker at the final Raw before WrestleMania, and Batista and Undertaker won when Shawn Michaels turned on John Cena. Uh, They then entered WrestleMania 23 as opponents, yet still WWF Tag Team Champions, something that they kind of uh, don't really make note of, and uh, put on a match won by John Cena that many consider at worst top five WrestleMania main event. Um, my pick. Um, I, 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 when there's trajectories going into WrestleMania, and you kind of start that road from Royal Rumble up to WrestleMania, do you, if you know something's going to happen, then you kind of acknowledge it, and those two keep acknowledging them. The Austin Rock there was kind of like, you know, Austin had his title match, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't talking about that title match. He was talking about uh, McMahon. On the other side, Cena and Michaels, once they were connected for WrestleMania, it was kind of back and forth, and that that's the storyline that I pre- present. So because I had a long lead up, I'm just going to go right into it and
0: say John Cena Shawn Michaels is my pick for this round. Okay. Uh, Yeah, just hearing all the back uh, story that you uh, provided there, it almost was more Austin versus McMahon with Rock as the surrogate uh, for that match. But Cena and Michaels had more of a um, direction and were going against each other uh, for that. So I'm going to go with uh, Cena and Michaels. Is it a clean sweep,
1: Kieran? It is a clean sweep. Uh, Cena and Michaels just watching the match. Match itself as well I feel was a better quality I mean Sean pretty much dominated the vast majority of that match and I think one of the best moments for me was when he hit that springboard moonsault onto the announce table damaging himself and Cena at the same time um, I believe it was very student teacherly as well so every time Cena went for something Michael's had a counter it just builds more into the story of those two being from separate generations and how they can combine together.
0: Yeah, it was a really good match. And I was actually uh, live in attendance at Ford Field for that one. Uh, It was about 24 rows off the uh, floor. And I was uh, here. The ring was that way. And then the stage was uh, to my right. So it's actually a really good event to be at. I've been at two WrestleManias. This one in WrestleMania 18. So it brings us to our fourth matchup. And they're both triple threat matches. And it almost seems as though at the same time, history is repeating itself right now as we're talking leading up to uh, Sunday's uh, night number two for the main event. Because it's once again going to be a triple threat match. Let's start it off as a uh, singles match. So we start off with WrestleMania 30. Batista had won uh, the... uh, Royal Rumble, which I was at for that one uh, in Pittsburgh. I took the drive from London, Ontario over to there and uh, got caught in the uh, snowstorm and everything. But people were not happy with uh, Batista winning. They wanted Dan O'Brien to win. And CM Punk ended up uh, leaving town after that uh, show. So, And he was projected to go against Triple H, I think, that year. But the fan momentum was on Dana Bryan's side. So Daniel took basically CM Punk's spot and went against Triple H to get into the matchup that was supposed to be Orton the defending champion and the winner of the Royal Rumble Batista. Dana Bryan won, got into the main event, and they three did a typical three-way match, but because Daniel had been also in it earlier, he was not as prominent in this match as he would have expected in a normal triple threat match. But he did come back and he got the uh, Yes Lock on uh, Batista, winning the titles. And this is the other thing that is mere image almost of uh, the next match. He held up both belts, confetti flying down, fans are uh, elated, and that's how WrestleMania 30 ends. WrestleMania 20 was supposed to be Chris Benoit, who won the Royal Rumble, taking on the champion, Triple H. But... HBK somewhat did a uh, Dan O'Brien move, teacher and student, coincidence, but he came in on the contract signing, super kicked uh, Benoit, signed the contract uh, that they were supposed to sign, which then WD went, well, his name's on it, so he's in it. Kind of uh, weird logic uh, there, but that made the triple threat. This one was more hard-hitting between all of them. There was uh, Crimson Mask from... Uh, HBK and uh, Triple H but in the end Triple H got caught with the uh, uh, Cripper crossface, almost reached the ropes but then Benoit rolled it into the center and eventually Triple H had to tap out. We see at the end uh, Benoit handed the title Eddie Guerrero's there, Confetti both titles up, people are hugging crying and once again like I said, mirror image of 30 except for only one person was holding both belts. And it's not because of the Benoit factor, but I'm going with the Daniel Bryan uh, win because of the built-up storyline uh, from SummerSlam all the way uh, through to WrestleMania, him finally getting it. Because he won at SummerSlam, got cheated out of it by uh, Triple H and Orton, and the fans were a guiding force to get to that match. So mine is going triple threat at WrestleMania 30. Kieran.
1: Uh, For me as well, it's triple threat at 30. And obviously like you said, I believe to build up the storyline for that and then to have the culminating moment was just perfect. I think it was also a perfect opportunity for Daniel Bryan to have his WrestleMania moment. I don't think anything will ever top that for him no matter what he goes on to do anymore. Like he went from being hated by everybody, like the commentary team, WWE, the whole lot. That's why they misused him when he was on NXT to them being the champion. So for me, I think that was a big thing for Daniel. I mean, obviously he was on Indies for like 12 years before he even got signed to WWE. So and obviously I follow a lot of independent stuff as well as the WWE stuff, so I've watched like all of Daniel Bryan's career, all of AJ's career. So for me to see that as a fan as well, it was that feel-good moment that I just will never forget.
2: Rather? Let me start off by saying I hate multi-man matches. In case then somebody out there doesn't know that about Matthew Terry, uh, I hate multi-man matches. And I mean multi-man like singles matches. I love tag team matches. I'm, I'm, I, I prefer tag team matches over singles matches, but I don't like triple threats. I don't like four fatal four ways. I don't like five pack challenge or whatever the hell they are. Um, so I just wanted to preface by saying that. Um, but that being said, both of these are actually pretty good triple threat matches. If I'm going to watch a triple threat match, what I want is diversity. I don't like three big hulking guys just beating the crap out of each other. I don't like three technical guys. I don't like three high flyers, although three high flyers probably you know, wins out if, if, the, if those are my choice. But I love it when three guys who are different styles and if they can make it mesh. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, Mysterio, Angle, and Orton wasn't a main event. That was like a mid card, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is that's my favorite all-time triple threat match. Why? Because the three styles mesh so well. Um, these two matches, you know, they were both decent matches in and of themselves, but I hated the, uh, the lead up to both of them. You mentioned the HBK signing the contract. And I remember thinking that's dumb. Like he gets the title match because he signed the contract. Just tear the damn thing up. We've seen that how many times. And the Brian lead up was just so clunky. It just, it, it, it just, it didn't feel smooth to me. But if I have to pick uh, if I have to pick a match that I enjoy better, and I went back and watched both of them when I saw this because I didn't really know. Uh, so I just had to go with quality of match, Triple H HBK, Benoit. So it's I didn't I didn't I didn't bow to peer pressure.
0: No problem. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, that's probably the reason why you were saying it seems so clunky is because of the fact that uh, they didn't want to do it, but the fans kept on demanding and they were like, no, we want to go this way. No, we want to go this way. And fans are like, no, get over here. And so then they did bow down, but that's why it was probably clunky.
2: Yeah. It it just didn't seem like they had a plan when, and, and it's, I find that modern day, like that they, and everybody's talking about, Oh, they don't really have plans set in stone for 37. It's just, everything seems clunky and just seems to be thrown together. And I'm, I'm not a fan.
0: Yeah, I miss the days of uh, uh, Vince Pritchard and, uh, well, obviously Pat can't, but sitting by the pool and planning out a year in advance. Yeah. That's unfortunately not going to happen with so much TV going on and COVID and Vince seemingly having senility. Match number five. Kieran.
1: That's over to me, I believe. Yeah. So I've got Reigns and Lesnar at 31 and Austin Michaels at 14. So I believe uh, Reigns and Lesnar was when Roman Reigns won the Rumble with the assistance of The Rock at the end from being attacked by the Big Show, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the build-up to this was Lesnar being the um, undefeated, can't be beat by anyone, just suplex everyone that gets in his way and wins a match with some suplexes at an F5. Uh, for Reigns, it was, I'm going to be able to sit here Take as many bumps as you give me and still keep going on with it. For me, after rewatching this match, what I loved about it was Lesnar dominated the whole match pretty much until the last like five minutes. But I remember watching Reigns take a suplex, sitting up, looking at Lesnar and just laughing at him with a weird smile on his face. And everyone's like, oh, it's a Samoan dynasty. He's got Samoan blood in him. And then Seth Rollins' music hits after Reigns hits two spears and then Lesnar hits an F5 and they're both down. Rollins' music hits, runs all the way down, I believe, curb stomps Brock twice, goes for the third, gets scooped for an F5. Reigns spears. Rollins then stomps Reigns for the pin and the win in one of the biggest shots you'd ever probably see at Wrestlemania because that's the first time anyone's ever cashed in money in the bank at a Wrestlemania main event uh Austin Michaels was DX got their entrance music sung from what I liked for it as well with Mike Tyson as a special enforcer was even Mike Tyson got his own entrance it was DX's entrance, but it had its own little twist on it, so it was slightly different to Sean's entrance when Sean came down. So for me, I liked the fact that they did a little bit of uniqueity there. Um, obviously, the match goes on. It, see, I think with some of these old matches, it's more of the samey-samey stuff. So it was a lot of working holds before big spots and stuff like that. Um, obviously, everyone who knows comes down to the ref takes a bump. He's out of the match for a while. Uh, Austin ends up stunning Michaels. My, Tyson slides in. One, two, three. Then Sean gets back up. Obviously, Michaels shocked at what Tyson's done. Tyson knocks him out. And then Austin gives him Austin a 316 at the end. Um, my pick for this, just for the sheer fact of. I like Austin and Michaels together as a combination and adding Mike Tyson to it. I believe it would have to be Austin Michaels for me.
2: Yeah. Matthew. Um going into Roman Lesnar, I wasn't I wasn't excited. Um however, watching the match, it got me. I'm I'm pretty sure that's where Suplex City Bitch came into effect. Yeah. Uh, when the when the when the, the the microphone picked that up, so for that fact, you know that, that's that's a great match. And I remember just I love the story they were telling that like uh, or Reigns just wasn't giving up. I've never been a Reigns fan. I'm not a keyboard warrior. Just saying, oh Reigns this Reigns that. I just not a I'm just not a fan of them. But um, I I like the story they were telling, and it kind of built up and built up and built up, and I was like, I'm into this. And then Seth Rollins' music hits, and to me, that was a bit of a down down point for it. Um, Austin Michaels, I remember, because that's when uh, dirt sheets, or not dirt sheets, but the internet was starting to come a little bit more, and you started hearing the buzzes a lot more, and you knew what Shawn Michaels was kind of doing in the background. And even though Steve Austin is doing this, and what can stop Steve Austin? Everybody's thinking, well, Shawn Michaels can stop Steve Austin. All Michaels has to do is say, "I don't want to do it," and it doesn't happen. At least that's what you know. Some people are thinking. And then uh, people are like, "Well, what's Mike Tyson going to be a heel?" Yeah, but you know why? Because Mike Tyson was—I don't give a flip. You know that's that was that was Mike Tyson. Like I'm sure Mike Tyson would have been more than happy just to go back into mainstream media and just like. Yeah, so I'm a jackass. Like, you knew that. Um, so if I got to pick one, HBK Austin.
0: Okay, it is going to be a clean sweep on that one because um, just the sheer fact that they threw in the shocking uh, cash in the money bank was uh, making it unique, but it was very short and kind of a cheap victory uh, in the case of uh, Seth Rollins. Knowing the backstory of Shawn Michaels hurting his back on that uh, casket against Undertaker, not knowing if he was even going to show up and Taker was actually standing by, going, ready to kick his ass uh, backstage if uh, Shawn decided to say, and no. Now Tyson, you would just mentioned, is he a heel? Yeah. I don't know why they tried to make him babyface. The guy bit Evander Holyfield's ear, beat his wife and probably had some DUIs prior to that. The guy is a born heel but they mm-hmm. made him into a face but the build up getting Tyson and Austin there in the push and the um, Vince going you ruined things you ruined things like and putting him with DX just a lot of good storytelling there and so you got to go with Austin Michaels it was the end of uh, that era the start of uh, the Austin era you remember distinctly JR going stone cold stone cold stone cold the Austin era has begun So it's just so many things to that match that you got to go over the singles match that became a triple threat. Matthew.
2: All right. So uh, the next contest, first competing out of Houston, Texas, it is The Rock defending the WWF Championship against Steve Austin. Uh, As I said, WrestleMania 17, X7. This would be their second match in their trilogy. Leading up, uh, The Rock participated in the 2001 Royal Rumble, was eliminated by Kane. Uh, Kane was the last man eliminated by the Rumble winner, Steve Austin, setting up a tentative match with WWF champion Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. Uh, The next stop was uh, No Way Out. Steve Austin lost to Triple H, two falls to one in a three stages of hell match. Uh, this, of course, came after Triple H was found to be the mastermind behind Rikishi, running over Austin at uh, Survivor Series 1999. Uh, however, Austin still has his championship match to look forward to. Also at No Way Out, The Rock defeated Kurt Angle for the WF Championship. Now the WrestleMania main event was, of course, The Rock defending against Steve Austin in what would be the second, again, of their trilogy. Uh, going into WrestleMania, Vince McMahon placed Deborah McMichael, Austin's wife, with The Rock in a managerial role. Even though both Austin and Rock were very sour on this idea. Uh, Austin told Rock in a nutshell, if anything happened to my wife, you are going to have hell to pay. Uh, Kurt Angle attacked The Rock and took him out with the ankle lock. When uh, Deborah came to check on him, um, Angle locked the ankle lock on Deborah. Causing Steve Austin to come up for the save and, as promised, punished The Rock for allowing his wife to get hurt. Uh, at a later date, Steve Austin was also attacked. The Rock made the save, but paid back Austin with The Rock bottom. At WrestleMania 17, they went back and forth in what essentially was a good guy versus good guy match or fan favorite versus fan favorite match until Vince McMahon, Austin's longtime arch enemy assisted Steve Austin in defeating The Rock and winning the WWF Championship. And their opponent, uh, competing out of Seattle, Washington, it is Kurt Angle defending the WWF Championship against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 19. Uh, At the uh, 2003 Royal Rumble, Kurt Angle retained the WWF Championship against Chris Benoit. Brock Lesnar, earlier in the Royal Rumble, was forced to face the Big Show just to enter the Royal Rumble. He did defeat Big Show, and he did win the Royal Rumble. At No Way Out, Brock Lesnar teamed with Chris Benoit, and it was supposed to be Edge, um, but he had to be pulled out. They defeated Team Angle, Charlie Haas, Shelton Benjamin, Kurt Angle in a handicap match. Uh, Brock Lesnar wanted Kurt Angle more than anything, even before WrestleMania. And defeated Paul Heyman on SmackDown to earn uh, a championship match against Kurt Angle. Uh, and that was in a steel cage. Uh, before the match, Kurt switched uh, with his brother, Eric. Lesnar manhandled Eric, not knowing it wasn't Kurt. Haas and Benjamin then distracted Lesnar, allowing Kurt to slip back into the match and roll up Lesnar for the win. Uh, it was announced by Stephanie McMahon going into WrestleMania that if Haas, Benjamin, or Eric interfered the WrestleMania, in the WrestleMania match, Angle would lose the title. At WrestleMania 19, Angle and Lesnar had a great technical affair, unfortunately tarnished by a misjudged shooting star press by Lesnar, uh, leaving him groggy and concussed. Despite that, Lesnar, of course, defeated Angle for the WWF championship. Um, again, it's, it's kind of that, uh, as I said earlier, you have two, two entities that know they're going to meet, and they stay separate. Or you have these guys that are just constantly between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, just te 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 te. Um, I I have to go with Angle and and Brock Lesnar. It was uh, to me, it was just the better match, and uh, like, yeah, it was just the better quality match and the better build up out of the two.
0: Yeah, I too am going to go with uh, Lesnar Angle. I think uh, what ruined it uh, for Austin and Rock, even though it was probably their best of the three, was the fact that. With McMahon coming down, and earlier in the night, he'd just uh, lost to uh, Shane and gotten Trish uh, hating on him. His wife kicked him in the crotch and everything. He knew he was coming down as a heel, but then when he started helping Austin, which nobody wanted to see Austin as a heel, even though Austin thought he was getting stale and needed something fresh, it fell flat on the crowd. They were just like, what? You know, and It wasn't like Austin used McMahon to help win the title and then turn on Vince. They hugged and beer uh, bashed, and fans just left kind of stunned, and you rarely leave a uh, crowd, especially that large, going home either disappointed or puzzled, Uh, usually trying to leave on a high note, and that was not a high note. So I got to give it to the other way, even though thankfully Lesnar did not end up killing himself on that botched uh, shooting star press and was able to get the pin. Kieran,
1: is it a a clean sweep? It is a clean sweep. I believe just in the match, obviously, with Lesnar and Angle, there's a lot of build-up with their collegiate background with it as well. So it was a very lot, lot of wrestling. And for me, British wrestling was very different to American wrestling back in the day. So for me, it was kind of a homage back to British wrestling, seeing all of the takedowns and just general switches and transitions. So for me, it would always be Lesnar angle because it was literally just a classic wrestling match. And also yeah, and Brock killed himself.
0: I'm a fan of uh, Matt wrestling more so than just the brawling and that uh, people who know know me in this area. know I'm a uh, good uh, fan and uh, friend of uh, Tyson Dukes and that's a lot of Matt-based uh, wrestling. Uh, almost uh, like pure uh, style that you get from ring of honor and our seventh matchup of this is going to be rock and cena against cena and triple h so cena is going on to the next round no matter what but uh the fact is this uh rock and cena was supposed to be once in a lifetime and never going to happen again it got set up uh before at wrestlemania 27 when The Rock was the special guest referee for Cena and Miz. Uh, The next night after uh, some shenanigans that happened with uh, Cena and Rock during uh, 27, Cena issued a challenge. Rock said, okay, fine, 28, we'll do it. They had a few interactions uh, beforehand uh, with Rock uh, having his birthday party interrupted by Cena. Uh, They had some really intense, promos beforehand if you go back and see some of those from raw you can tell that they really hated each other especially when cena was calling rock a part-timer and all this other stuff the fruity pebbles and the different things that they were going after each other it started digging more and more personal as it went along when they finally got into the ring they were uh pretty much back and forth uh a lot of counters a couple of aas that uh, rock ended up uh kicking out of and then Cena went for the people's elbow. And when he went to do that, Rock caught him and put him uh, down for the uh, uh, rock bottom and got the victory. Little did we know we were gonna end up seeing twice in a lifetime the following year and it for the title where uh, Cena picked up the belt from uh, the Rock after he took out CM Punk from being able to main event. And another reason for him to be disgruntled. We have also then Cena versus Triple H. Uh, Triple H ended up winning a tournament to go against Cena for the uh, title. And uh, they ended up going against each other in Chicago. Triple H's entrance was the uh, Conan the Barbarian, uh, King of Kings. They've uh, looked on the throne. Cody wasn't there with a sledgehammer to take that one out. But he came down all uh, knuckle-dragging king, and you had Cena with the history of Chicago uh, talking about Prohibition and Al Capone and all the uh, mobsters. And the stage raises up, and in came a old car, CM Punk on the side of it uh, with a Tommy gun. And they uh, did like the gangster thing, then they lowered the stage, and Cena came out on top, uh, trench coat, Tommy gun of his own, and then... They finally went at it and this was a uh, guys who were big, muscular and just pounding away at each other, uh, inside the ring, outside the ring, into stairs, all over the place. And eventually Cena caught Triple H and again, Triple H t- tapped out to a submission move. This time it was the, uh, uh, STF instead of the Crippler Crossface my choice between the two i'm going to have to go with cena and rock even though i, I thought it was kind of cheesy with the, how it started uh, rock was almost trying to relive WrestleMania 18 by looking at the crowd and looking at the camera, hard camera and then both switching back and forth i thought oh my god we're redoing 18 uh, in the dome with hogan but i'm going to go cena rock and kieran your
1: vote uh, I'm going to Cena Rock as well, um, mainly because we put Cena HBK over earlier. Because I feel like the Triple H Cena match was the first step of the teacher versus student stuff. It was very much Triple H schooling the Rock uh, Cena, and also as well, I like the fans. This is when the fans first started to like hate John Cena. So Triple H is giving him an arm drag, and then and all they're chanting to Cena is you can't wrestle, you can't wrestle. Um, but for me, I don't think fans make a match. I believe the two counterparts in there actually doing the in ring stuff are the ones that make it. And for me, just for match quality, I believe Cena Rock was that little bit better. So Cena Rock for me.
0: Perfect. And is it a clean sweep, Matthew? Uh,
2: it is a clean sweep. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cena and Rock. I think Cena and Triple H. It was close, but I think they were the better. I think they were the better match for me anyway, for the two. Um, but you know, going into Cena Triple H, yeah, and again, it goes back to what I said at the top of the show. Like you know, actual genuine reaction and kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You kind of knew that Triple H was 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 getting into building people a little more than building himself uh, or building himself at the expense of building other people. Uh, Cena, you know, he was getting that trajectory upwards, but Cena and Rock, it was just kind of a more, you know, either either could happen. You know, Cena could defeat the Rock, kind of like Rock going over Hogan or Rock could go over Cena. And again, the intensity of their promos going into that match just... You could just, oh, you could feel it. it. Sometimes just made your stomach just tie up a little bit. Like,
0: oh, oh, burn. You know, so I have to go with Cena Rock. Excellent. So another uh, sweep on that one. And that brings us to our final matchup before we start being able to do rapid fire through all this. And that's WrestleMania 4 uh, finals of the tournament, DB Austin Savage versus the Ultimate Challenge, Hogan and Warrior. Kieran.
1: So, obviously, as you said, uh, Savage versus DiBiase at four, it was, I believe it was a quarterfinals, semi-finals, and a finals on one night. And if I remember correctly, DiBiase only wrestled twice where Macho wrestled three times. So, going into that, everyone was like, ah, oh, Savage has got to lose, Savage has got to lose. DiBiase's got, got one longer rest time in between having to wrestle. Um... Having Andre the Giant come down with DBOC as well, um, it was pretty much DBOC dominating. Andre doing a couple of like leg grabs and stuff like that. Uh, then a Macho Man sent Elizabeth out the back, and he brought down Hogan to as a counterpart for Andre. And then Savage picked up the win with an elbow drop. I think yeah. So he got a um, elbow drop. And then on the other side, you've got Hogan versus the Warrior for title versus title. So I believe again, this was the first time in WrestleMania history that this was title versus title, IC and WWF at the time being defended at the same time. Um, for me, I believe the build up for this match was a bit weird. Like Warrior was never one for storytelling in a promo. He kind of just threw a load of words together and rambled them out. And people just found that entertaining in my eyes. Um, For me, the match was very fast paced because of Warrior. But it was very, as you said before, it's not for me having two big guys that are purely based on power. And just it was more just test strength, test strength, test strength, test strength, strength. Until Warrior obviously picked up Hogan for the Gorilla Press Slam followed by the Splash. And then I believe it ended with Hogan missing a leg drop and Warrior splashing him to win. And then at the end, I believe Hogan left the ring, got the title, handed it to Warrior. And then they hugged in the middle of the ring um, for somewhat of a feel-good moment, even though they both hated each other in real life. Um, So I, I believe for me on this one, just for the history and what the ending led to in the next year, I'm going to have to go with
2: Savage-DiBiase. Okay. Matthew? Um, both these matches kind of uh, stayed within their means. And I mean the fact that, you know, uh, Hogan and Hogan and Warrior, um, they didn't try to do too much. They did what they could do. And, you know, Savage and DiBiase, like, they didn't try anything spectacular, but both of them so smooth. For a pure wrestling match, I think Savage and DiBiase was, uh, you know, was was a better match. Um, you know, you you kind of solidified that uh, that Savage. A lot of people were calling for Savage to win the title, and you kind of solidified that uh, that you know that baby face overcome the odds with him. But you know, you go back and you watch Hogan and and uh, and Warrior, and it. I think myself that match just has so much staying power, and for the significance of what it meant in history you know i I remember when at the royal rumble you know the two of them just kind of bumped into each other and they were the last two in the ring and you just kind of went "Huh," because it was kind of unfathomable that you would have hogan and warrior and i remember everybody just kind of going like really we're going to get hogan and warrior and that was so significant then you add in the world title versus the intercontinental title just for significance alone i got to go with hogan and warrior
0: yeah, this is another one that kind of hurts uh, with me for need to vote on it because Savage DiBiase, uh, you know, you saw Savage all four times uh, g- compete uh, different uh, dresses and uh, matching tights and uh, capes for uh, Savage and Elizabeth throughout the whole thing. They, made it, they seemed really classy the whole way through. He was the underdog having to go through all four matches. Uh, They tied in the whole Mega Powers thing and the Mega Bucks, which led to uh, the uh, uh, SummerSlam uh, deal. And so I loved it when Savage got the title and lifted Elizabeth on his shoulder. It was amazing moment. I had that poster. It was so awesome uh, as a uh, 12-year-old kid uh, on that one. But Hogan Warrior, sloppy uh, uh, in a way very limbering any new person, uh, watching wrestling to at that time might've thought Hogan's name was ho Kogan. And cause he way warrior yeah, always said his name, ho Hogan or ho Kogan. But, uh, then strapping the warriors onto his back and going up in the sky. Yeah. You lose me on your promos there, but, but Hogan was able to bring out the best in warrior. And oddly enough, the warrior brought out the best in Hogan because they're not both known for putting on great matches. Uh, Hogan stole the spotlight, I guess, from Warrior by riding away on the cart and doing the I love you and cameras on him after he took the belt and handed it to him. That part was not supposed to happen. That was uh, Hogan's ego. But I'm going to go with Hogan Warrior, sadly. So that uh, concludes the first round. Looking at our uh, results uh, quickly before we dive into uh, round two. Hogan and Andre uh, beat uh, Edge and Taker. HBK and Hart, uh, the Man match beat uh, Mega Powers Explode. Rock and Austin won, end up losing to Cena and Michaels at 23. The triple threat at 30 with Dan O'Brien ended up advancing over the triple threat with Benoit. Uh, from WrestleMania 20, Roman and Lesnar, uh, which became a triple threat match, lost to uh, the Austin era beginning with Austin and Michaels for the title. Hogan, I'm sorry. Austin Rock 2 ended up losing, so none of their matches have advanced, losing to Lesnar and Angle in the uh, human uh, lawn dart match at 19. Rock and Cena at 28 advanced over uh, Cena and Triple H, and the Ultimate Challenge beat the final round of the tournament at WrestleMania 4 with Savage DiBiase. That's setting up Andre Hogan from 3 against HBK and Hart at 12. Could be a tough one uh, there. Cena Michaels at 23 is going up against Dana Bryan, Orton, and Batista, triple threat match. Austin and Michaels at 14 going against Lesnar and Angle from 19. And Rock and Cena from twenty eight going against Hogan Warrior. Any surprises uh, along this way, or has it played out uh, pretty much standard? Either yeah.
2: I don't think I don't think there's been any surprises, and I, I've said this on other episodes that I've done with you. Is uh, you know you and Kiron are too knowledgeable and uh, you know. And well-spoken wrestling pundits, I can't really say that I can disagree with what you're saying. You've all made good points, so there's nothing that I've, I've sat there and go like, "Oh my God, they're full of garbage." So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that potentially fun is when somebody's able to do that. But yeah, if you're able to back up your argument, you know that's the problem. But mm-hmm. that, Kieran, any uh, surprises or uh, happy with not- uh, your
1: For me, it's gone more the way I kind of thought it was going to do. I mean, I threw some things in there that I thought people would probably be surprised at, like taking DiBiase Savage over Hogan Warrior, mainly because I just thought match quality was better, in my opinion. I believe that DiBiase and Savage ran a slow pace, so Savage could last a little bit longer. I believe Hogan and Warrior... Like you said, they do bring out the best of each other, but for me, I just feel like the animosity to each other after. I mean, everybody knew going into that match, they legit hated each other. And for me, the ending took away from the actual match. I remember watching it and going, But you're hugging a person you hate. That's n- no,
0: that was Hogan stealing the spotlight, <laughs> Hogan being Hogan. Uh, yeah, and I totally agree with you on the uh, savage, uh uh, DiBiase point as well. And if you look back at how things played out, even behind the scenes, if and hearing stuff like Bruce Pritchard and, uh, all them had hockey maybe laid down for Savage for the IC title, DiBiase might've gotten the, uh, world title, uh, in that whole exchange, but because that didn't happen, they gave Savage the world title and DiBiase got screwed, but he got himself a million dollar championship and unfortunately goes down in history as one of the greats that never were a WWF champion. So we go on to our second round, and Matthew, you want to be our first vote in Austin Michaels and Lesnar Engel.
2: Austin. Oh, that kind of... I thought we were doing Hulk and Andre Hbk. HPK. Oh,
0: where did I lose that one? Yep. I have uh,
2: no idea where you got...
0: Yeah, I have no idea where I got that one.
2: <laughs> Hold that. Where the heck are you? I You're way down there. I need to change that.
0: <laughs> you threw me this for a, a loop there. the wonderful thing about... uh, Why did I put that in there? I'm sitting here like, wait, did... huh? Okay, so I'm going to fix... Did we you already now. vote? What? Yeah. Did I black out there for you? a second? <laughs> yeah. That, wait, we voted on two
1: idea. rounds already? What the fuck? Yeah,
0: go figure. So we're going to go Hogan Andre against uh, Michaels between uh, HBK and and Hart.
2: All right, Um, just nostalgia and um, again, just the genuine feelings. Like there, there has to be some. No, you have to, you have to speak to the fact that I remember how I felt about why Andre, why like no way you, you did that Uh, Hulk and Andre.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, uh, see, I'm going to throw a yeah, going in going the worms,
0: with, Yeah, because yeah, uh, yep. of the dropout, I'm uh, going to go HBK and Hurt because a boyhood dream came true that night. So, Kieran, you get to uh, be the tiebreaker.
1: I think for the significance of the stipulation of the match more than anything and what led to after with those two going on to be one of the two of the greatest rivals of each other ever. I'm going to have to go Hart Michaels as well.
0: A little bit of a surprise there with uh, Andre and Hogan with the images that you see of them. But yeah, yeah, HBK and Hart (laughs) moving on. <laughs> Pish posh. Yeah, it's What do you guys know?
2: <laughs> See, now I'm getting into the you guys are full of garbage.
0: Yeah, you're full of <laughs> We can swear on here. It's okay. Oh, well, can we? Fine. <laughs> yeah, we can what the swear. fuck are you guys thinking? <laughs> I don't make this for children. We're adults here. All you know? right, fine. Uh, so Cena and uh Michael's from 23 taking on Triple Threat at 30. I'm looking at these two and even though I was there for Cena and Michaels, it was such a good match and Cena coming through the glass in the uh, Mustang uh, because it was uh, Detroit and Ford and everything and Ford Field. The emotion at the end of uh, the Triple Threat match and to also know that uh, we see behind the scenes video that at one point, he went over, uh, Dana Bryan—that that is pronouns, pal, uh, went over to uh, Connor and gave him a hug uh, as well and then posed on the table and doing the US yes movement uh, in New Orleans. I got to go with the triple threat match over Cena Michaels.
1: Kieran? Uh, I'm going to go just for the sheer fact that for me it was about for me, it's the connection I had with Brian, watching him through the indies to get to the point where he got to. So I'm also going to have to go triple threat at Faye.
0: So as a non-triple threat uh, fan, your vote, man.
2: My vote is for the triple threat match, actually. Um, just, I know I was talking about, like, it was clunky, but there was... There was a trajectory there, and I know Cena and Michaels they had their kind of storyline going too. But as you said, the the ensuing spectacle afterwards, like you know, the, the Daniel Bryan, Connor, uh, uh, Connor, da 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 da, da. I can't think of his last name. Yeah, uh, yeah. All I can think of is Connor's cure. Um, but just yeah, like that that legacy. And again, I just like you, Kieran. I, I was a huge fan of uh, of Daniel Bryan even before he came to WWE. So to me personally, and uh, you know, if you want to p- put it in a nutshell of uh, main events, I'd go with the
0: Triple Threat. Okay, so Kieran, you get Michael's Austin against Lesnar Angle. Maybe yeah, we have it in the
1: right spot. Okay. Ooh. Um, oh, that's a tough one I think I'm going to have to go Lesnar Angle for me I believe those two together with their collegiate wrestling background and stuff just put on for me a, it was more of a wrestling spectacle and I would go on to say to anybody that wanted to watch something to study a match I'd say watch Lesnar versus Angle don't try and do a shooting star presser if you are going to go watch it, because that does hurt. Um, but, yeah, for me, it'd have to go Lesnar-Angle.
2: Okay, and Matthew? Uh, as a pure wrestling match, uh, Lesnar and Angle is definitely the superior match. But... Um you know, again, it's 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 all in the you know the frame of mind of how I think about these. Like the first round, I was able to look at them, I was able to think about it, I was able to to you know write stuff down. Now we're in the rapid fire, and I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, but <laughs> thinking about it, you know, Austin and Michael's, you know, you look back at it and you realize, how, you know, how bad Michael's back apparently was. You got to respect the fact the match that he put on with that, um, Mike Tyson. The spectacle of having Mike Tyson, Austin three sixteen, you know, finally getting to the top of the mountain, and everything that that you know, that that set off. So Austin and Michaels.
0: Yeah, I am going to be the tiebreaker on this one, and it will be going to the two guys are on uh, two of my four Mountain Rushmore faces, Austin Michaels. Um, you just have everything that happened there. Uh, you mentioned about HBK being in such pain to specifically look at when Sean goes to the top rope to deliver the elbow. He is crouched there on the uh, top trying to get up and you just see the wincing pain on his face before he's able to get upright and then uh, launch himself and to, for what he did to get through that. And then you also pointed out the Austin saga. Just thinking the fact that a guy with black boots and black trunks would never make it, AK, uh, according to Eric Bischoff. And he's now at the top of uh, the pile. And Austin 316 took off. And he was the number one guy in the business. Uh, even if uh, WCW was still kicking WWE's ass, he was still the number one guy. He just uh, couldn't carry it all by himself. And that's where a great heel, invincible man uh, end up developing. So Austin Michaels is advancing. And that brings us to our last matchup in this round. And Matthew, Roxena, Hogan Warrior.
2: Uh, I'm not gonna waste any time. I'm just gonna go with the Hogan and Warrior. Um, world title versus intercontinental title. The The, the significance of that the uh the fact that you had like the two biggest entities going at it it was it, it was kind of like hogan and andre because you know it's just these two people that everybody thought was um you know just unbeatable and just i i have to go with hogan warrior
0: yeah and i'm looking at these also and uh, the tagline for rock and cena was once in a lifetime which became twice in a lifetime. And at least that was a decent, uh, second time in a lifetime. Hogan and warrior was once in a lifetime and it should have remained once in a lifetime because we got garbage in WCW when that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but considering it didn't happen in WDE, it was once in a lifetime for them. Uh, they under proper supervision, at least, uh, with management. You see more images of Hogan Warrior today in 2021 in flashbacks or their, their signature spots at the beginning of each show than you do of Rock and Cena. So just because of longevity, I'm going Hogan Warrior. Kieran, is it a clean sweep?
1: It is a clean sweep, and I'll explain why in a second. Cena, yay. Rock, Yay. Promo work, build-up, great. In-ring work, boo. Hogan Warrior. In-ring work, yay. Promo work, boo. But for me, like you said, you see more images and there's more for just the anticipation of Hogan Warrior and for it to only happen once in WWE and um, for me it'd have to be hogan warrior i believe the rock scene uh they did the whole year build up and it was literally just a year before i was talking about wwe doesn't do any major build-ups to matches anymore it's kind of like three weeks before a pay-per-view and then oh yeah you're in a title match and so for me that was the first time in a long time they did an actual build-up to an event but that doesn't change anything for me just for longevity hogan warrior
0: yeah, and hey, nowadays you just have to point at a WrestleMania sign, dangling on uh, the wall somewhere or in an arena, and you get a title match. Look at uh, might, the. Uh, if I paint so me.
1: So if I paint a WrestleMania sign, if I paint a WrestleMania sign on my wall behind me, and then point my finger at it, I Vince will give me a title shot. I want Walter.
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. We'll send this out to WDE and uh hope that they give you a title shot. So as you see I in the uh, got <laughs> In the second round yeah, HPK, yeah. I, I'm sure he can
2: make time for you before he gets to Champa. No offense, Kieran, but <laughs> I think he I no, think no, he I've might spar with
1: you. What's that? i have seen him at Progress. He's actually quite a, I've I've seen him at um Progress quite a few times. He's actually a generally lovely guy. Oh he um, is, yes. But, but, um, I remember my missus never spoke to like a wrestler before and stuff like that. And we were queuing up to go see David Starr. Yes, I know I said a bad name, but then, um, with, um, we were waiting and then Walter was just there. So, Miss, like, can I go talk to him? Can I get a picture with him? And I was like, Walter, can she have a picture with you? And Mrs. was all fucking giddy after that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have a picture with Walter as well because he was uh, here with Progress and uh, WXW in uh, Toronto uh, the summer of 2019 during uh, SummerSlam week. And Smash Wrestling had been uh, a eight show uh, or a four day event involving uh, WXW, Progress, Smash, and uh, Evolve. I think was also uh, there.
1: Wasn't that uh, wasn't that Walter versus Paul Robinson? Possible,
0: yeah. And for the title, yeah. yeah. I, and I got a picture of uh, myself with Walter, and yeah, he seems like a really good guy. So, uh, yeah. Uh, second <laughs> round, saw so HBK uh, and Hart take out Andre and Hogan. The triple threat from WrestleMania 30 took out uh, Cena and Michaels from 23. Austin Michaels from 14 uh, took out uh, Lesnar and Angle from 19. And Hogan Warrior is still alive, uh, taking out Hogan, I'm sorry, Rock and Cena. Setting up HBK and Hart from 12 going against the Triple Threat at 30. And Austin Michaels against Hogan Warrior. Now, I get to start this one. Yes. And that's Austin, or sorry, HBK and Hart against the Triple Threat when we talked a lot about uh the emotion that was going in with the triple threat and dana and storyline that way but there was a lot of history between hbk and uh Hart. going back to the rockers time there's also survivor series uh when hbk took the ic title away from bulldog and they went against each other at that champion versus champion the uh build-up for them with the uh, different videos. They were looking, making uh, Hart look like the grizzled veteran who couldn't even swim in his own pool, uh, but they were trying to uh, get him to swim. Uh, being back home in Calgary, uh, almost doing a Rocky montage, uh, between the two where, uh, the bad guy was just not uh, doing lighter work in a way with uh, him and hpk was the, the rocky style guy doing all the workouts with Lothario, running up and downstairs push-ups upside down or hanging from bars and stuff like that and doing that so they made it old versus young looking meanwhile they weren't much different in age um an hour the zip line the extra overtime how bitter things ended up afterwards and hurt left uh, for six months before coming back hurting uh,
1: michael's at uh, 12. kieran um pretty much same reasons for you obviously as previously stated i'm a massive daniel bryan fan and i feel like that was his big moment and nothing will ever overcome that but for longevity of a rivalry and how things played out after how things played before. I'm going to have to go hard HPK as well.
0: Okay. So it will move on, but is it a clean sweep, uh, Matthew?
2: Uh, you guys, you got, Oh, cause you remember, I told you you were full of shit cause you didn't put Hogan and Andre through. So you're making it hard on me. You're making it very hard on me. Um, I, I, and again I said like you know looking at these now it's rapid fire I gotta think a little quicker and I'm old and it doesn't quick doesn't isn't in here very often
1: <laughs> That's okay. um,
2: but you know you look at the longevity of these things Hart and HBK as Kieran said you know you you, you kind of you found out the the chinks in the armor and you found out what was going on you found out that these guys really weren't getting along and you hear that whole story I mean you look at the triple threat and yeah, Daniel Bryan on top of the table and doing this but you know what sours me about that triple threat match is that not that long after is uh, Brian had to forfeit the title. And that, that kind of sours it to me. Like, yeah, he had that great moment. But after that, it just seemed to... I don't want to say he went downhill, but you could kind of see something was wrong. Something wasn't right. And that kind of tarnishes it for me. So even though... I wasn't on board to put it through before. I will put through Hart and HBK. Or I won't put them through, but I'll vote for them. I'll right. vote for
0: them. They were going through either way. Oh, they, uh, that's right. They were.
1: Peer pressure. Right. peer pressure.
0: Peer pressure. Peer pressure. And you said you weren't <laughs> going to bow down to it. What is wrong with you? Okay, I'm Karen, sorry. you get their uh, last one uh, in this round to send to the finals. Austin Michaels, Golden Warrior.
1: Oh, Jesus. Um, obviously, with Austin Michaels, you've got the Michaels injury, Tyson, the spectacle, all of that stuff. But I think pre for the exact same reason as previous rounds, you don't hear about the Austin Michaels match much, as much as you do Hogan Warrior. So I'm going to have to go Hogan Warrior.
2: Matthew? Um. I'm gonna go Hogan Warrior again, World Champion versus Intercontinental Champion, the two unbeatable forces in WWF at the time. Um, you now, and and you brought it up earlier, and I do want to mention it. You were talking about how in WWE, for the most part, like okay, once in a lifetime, but then it happened two in a lifetime. I, I, with the exception of that, you think of Hogan Warrior, you think of Ric Flair's retirement, you think of things like that. WWE pretty, you know, sticks pretty. Uh, They stick to what they say for for somewhat, at least off the top of my head. But again, this doesn't work very well sometimes. Um, But yeah, Hogan Warrior, just simple significance and spectacle.
0: Okay, so that definitely puts them into the finals. I'm just uh, fixing that and putting in the vote. Um, Yeah, given the choice between the two... (laughs) The Austin Michaels, as I said, those are two of the guys that are in my uh, Mount Rushmore, but the only thing you remember uh, from that is Austin holding the title above his head uh, on the turnbuckle and JR's call. There's a lot more to Hogan Warrior, even the uh, maybe not so savory memes of the uh, test of strength that uh, get put out there between Hogan and Warrior in very suggestive uh, looking fashion but yeah I'm going to go with Hogan Warrior to advance as well Um, so our final is going to be Hart HBK versus Hogan Warrior and uh, Matthew you get to actually uh, start us I
2: am not bowing to peer pressure this time at all because when I first, when you first sent me this lineup and you said, these are the brackets, this is what we're doing. I looked at Hogan and Warrior and I, out of all of them, I said, that is the main event of main events in all of these main events. So the cat's out of the bag. Now, that was my choice from the very beginning before we even got on the air. Whenever you, you sent it to me, however long ago that was, Hogan Warrior was my pick from the very beginning. So I, I can't bow to peer pressure. You two are just not going to do it not this time. I started smoking. I got fat. I tried to ask that girl, all because of peer pressure. You people are not doing it to me this time. Hogan and Warrior.
0: Stay strong. Stay strong. Um,
1: That was a uh, a Dwayne Johnson-esque promo.
0: Very much. My vote... uh, I love HBK. Boyhood dream comes true. But he was better after he left and came back i am going to go with hogan warrior and so that means our winner is actually (laughs) hogan warrior is it a clean sweep though kieran
1: yeah just for general significance and like you said hbk was very different when he came back and i believe he was a better wrestler when he left and came back and again I know the feud was long with Hart and HBK. I mean, when did it get – I think it was like 2013. They finally met again and hugged it out and put everything behind them. And for me, that, there's long, and then there's just too long. That was just too long for it to all be solved. Um, so, yeah, Hogan Warrior, the actual legit WWE once in a lifetime, main of them. Very
0: true.
1: So that is
0: our uh, list of the greatest main events in WrestleMania history. Um, part of it was cut from what culture uh, wrestling. So we could at least get a top 16 in there. I did take out Hogan. I mean, Michaels and undertaker just because we've talked to that one um, to death on a bunch of shows. So uh, Savage and uh, DBS, got uh, bumped up into that position, but I don't know. I still think uh, Hogan Warrior probably would have uh, beat out Michaels and Taker because uh, that was, I think, the WrestleMania twenty-six match that would have been uh, in here if we had, if I had included it. But uh, you guys are happy with how we uh, did everything on here? Yeah, you no, know, it worked out. Yep. There oh, we go, fine. smiley faces. Kids, uh, so-
2: do not bow to peer pressure. I did, but in the end, I won. So just that's the lesson bad. to you. <laughs> that's the lesson to you, kids. Do not bow to peer pressure unless you really have to, because in the end,
0: it all works out. Exactly. So uh, this is time we get to plug things. Uh, so I'm going to start with Matthew, since you're. All right, so
2: uh, since I'm already babbling on, uh, for those of you who don't know, because you see, Sean thinks that there's not a crossover. Nobody knows who the fuck I am. So, who am I? I am Matthew Terry. I am the host of It's Time to Fight podcast. You can find me on Podbean. You can find me on Spotify. You can find me at itstimetofight.ca. You can find me on Wrestling with Johnners. You can find me at the OIW Podcast Network. You can find me all over the goddamn place. Uh, Find me on Facebook. I love having wrestling fans on my Facebook. There's a picture of me, a little caricature of me uh, that a comic book guy, he drew it, and there's a police officer behind me. Don't ask. Uh, As you can see right there, I don't know if you can see my Twitter handle because it it, it appears and disappears. It's at announcer Terry. Join me. I love uh, tweeting. Uh, And for the show, it's at time to fight pod. And
1: yeah, that's all my plugs.
0: There we go. And Kieran, how can people Uh, uh, see your stuff and reach out to you?
1: So I'm on Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, I'm on it. And first episode's dropping on tuesday for a weekly review of mine as well there's one episode that i've done which is get to know your host so i it's just a brief introduction to me uh you can join my facebook page which is uh facebook forward slash kj kjwpw um then you've got twitter which is at kj pro pod then you've got Instagram. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I post random pictures and I'm going to redo my day in, in the history twice a, twice a week every week. So I'm going to pick a random day and go on this day in history, this happened. So I'll be doing that. And that is at KJPWP.
0: Excellent. So I'm going to play our commercial uh, as we uh, leave this, but uh, in general, you can catch us on uh, Twitch, YouTube and Facebook every Thursday for our comebacks wrestling podcast every Thursday night. Uh, we have fancy warfare tournament, which happens Wednesdays on YouTube and Facebook at 6 PM and this week in history every Thursday at noon on Facebook and YouTube. Plus we're on Stitcher, Spotify, our radio, 10 uh, outlets in total. Plus want to let you know, uh, because this information actually will be out by the time this is aired. The Scumbags Wrestling uh, Predictions League is up and running. You can uh, join us for $25 for the uh, pro side of things or free for, uh, just for fun. Well, If you're on the pro side, you're actually going to win a championship belt. Uh, it's uh, hopefully going to be shown later on uh, this week. But yes, we have Undisputed uh, Belts making our title. Is our logo. as presented by uh, CoolBet, and if you place a uh, bet with CoolBets and use our promo code, which I'll include later on, you can uh, get a discount or extra uh, money towards your bet. So CoolBet is our uh, proud sponsor. All the details are on our website at scumbags.ca, and uh, let's have some fun just predicting uh, results from WWE, AEW, NXT, and Impact Wrestling. We already watch it, so why not try and win the title at the same time? So until next time, thank you guys for uh, being a part of this special episode mixing the Ontario Indie uh, Podcasting Network and the Johnners Podcasting Network. No competition, only collaboration. Thanks, guys. Take care, everybody. If you want a variety of wrestling news and history, look no further than the Scumbags Wrestling family of shows. On Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., join Sean, Stephen, and Jonesy as we look for the best of the best and break it all down in a unique tournament format on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Then, Thursdays at noon, take a look back at the rich history of our great sport with This Week in History. Relive title changes, births, deaths, and some of the best events of all time. Finally, join us for the latest in wrestling news, show results, and predictions Thursday nights at 8 p.m., for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. The Scumbags Wrestling can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram, along with our audio versions on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We're a proud part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network and the Johnners Podcast Network.